Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Log Talk Radio. time of BAMS Radio, a member of the BAMS Sports Radio family. It's one minute after the hour, and I'm Kerry Clark, one of your hosts from BAMAMag.com. I'm joined, as always, by Drew Armand of AlabamaIntel.com and Thomas Watts of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. All three of us are rocked, ready, locked and loaded, and pretty fired up, excited, and I think for the most part, relieved, Drew Armand about today's official announcement from Reggie Ragland and his teammate on the defensive line, Jaron Reed. No doubt, Kerry. Uh, you know, I got to give a, a little shout out to Alabama Intel. We had really good sources on this. You first, you know, broke it on Jaron Reed uh, December the 30th uh, that he was uh, coming back uh, to the Alabama for Media Day uh, at the Sugar Bowl. But there was a lot of people, you know, that, you know, had. Uh, there was a lot of consternation, thought he might change his mind and decide to uh, declare for the NFL draft. Then we had the phantom report or tweet from IMG Academy uh, yesterday afternoon act- as though he was going to start training with them. Uh, I was almost done with a story about that because it seemed legitimate until the university released a statement through a spokesman that it was false and they took the tweet down. So then we heard from uh, excellent sources close to the team that, in fact, that what Alabama Intel had reported, you know, uh, for the last week was still true that Jaron Reed and uh, Reggie Ragland would return. Uh, they waited to the uh, late this afternoon today to release an official statement. But big news for Alabama. They needed both those guys in the front seven. Now, you know, I think uh, the 2015 defense should be nasty against the run, but they've got to fix the back four. Oh, no doubt about that. That's that's a whole other segment on the back four. Uh, <laughs> suffice it to say that if anybody else is coaching the cornerbacks and Saban had to make a decision, I wouldn't want to be that person. <clears throat> but if he coaches the cornerbacks, he can't fire the cornerback coach. Uh, well, that, you know. well that's, a good, that's a good segue to what we're about to talk about now, though, Kerry, because as we know, this will be the eighth straight year that Nick Saban's coaching staff will not come back intact. 
Uh, two defensive coaches have left this week. Both the linebacker coaches and uh, Kevin Steele has been hired as the defensive coordinator at LSU. And uh, Lance Thompson, uh, you know, has taken a job as outside linebackers coach with the Auburn Tigers. So both of those guys are no longer on staff at the University of Alabama. I think it's some new blood that's needed on the defensive side. And, uh, you know, I still believe it's not been confirmed, but still very, very, very likely that, you know, Kirby Smart moves back to inside linebackers and they bring in a secondary coach. And uh, I think there's two names that have emerged there quickly as the two prime candidates at Intel. We've reported that the top candidate is Deshae Townsend, the cornerback coach at uh, Mississippi State, who's very familiar to Alabama fans, who uh, played at Alabama from 97 to 2000 and then was a four-year starter and then was a 14-year veteran in the NFL, won two Super Bowls with the Pittsburgh Steelers, coached in the NFL for a short time uh, with Arizona, and now is uh, the cornerback's coach at Mississippi State. He's a wanted man. I've heard as many as 20 schools may have called him, but I still think Alabama's been talking to him for a while. There's a very good chance I think that could happen. And also, I know you've also stated this, but former uh, Alabama assistant uh, Derek Ainsley, who was a graduate assistant and an analyst at Alabama, is now the, defense, the secondary coach at Kentucky. He's also someone to keep an eye on. Yeah, and uh, I don't want to jump the gun because there's been no official announcement from the university. Uh, Tosh LaFoy did indeed get on a plane recruiting with Lane Kiffin uh, yesterday, but with the absence of two full-timers, he and Kerry Stevenson have both given, you know, gotten temporary status in NCAA to go on the route. Uh, I still think Tosh LaFoy will end up being the outside linebacker's coach, but uh, it's not official yet. And, and the name right. I'm really curious about, Drew, uh, is if it's even going to factor into this search at all, is, is Bill Clark. Well, I think I think there is some some merit to that. I mean, even though there, there might be a few ill feelings because of the way UAB's football program was shut down, but I do think, uh, I'm like you, I know now that about that rule that you can send out a couple of coaches when you don't have a full staff, and I guess that's why Tosh is allowed to go on the road. At first thought, maybe, uh, because he's an off-the-field coach, that you could not do that uh, unless you were full-time, but obviously they have a rule there which allows uh, not coaches that are off-the-field off coaches to go on the road until you have a full staff, but I'm like you, Kerry, with his with his uh, body of work and what he's done before and who he worked side-by-side with most of this season at Alabama, which was Lance Thompson, I will be beyond shocked if Tosh LaPoy is not hired as uh, the outside linebackers coach. His recruiting speaks for itself when he was at Cal in Washington. The number one linebacker in the upcoming 2015 NFL draft, Shaq Thompson, from the University of Washington, was recruited by uh, Tosh LaPoy, and uh, the players all speak very highly of him, and he's known as a great teacher. And as one uh, player told us yesterday, maybe now we'll get some pressure off the edge. He was also, I'm talking about Coach LaPoy, he was named by Rivals.com as their 2010 National Recruiter of the Year. So That's correct. That, that there'll be zero doubt about his ability to recruit. And he was spotted by the observers who went to practice on a daily basis as you pointed out, all season long, assisting Lance Thompson with the outside linebackers. It seems like a natural fit, but I think the deal is that Coach Saban wants to be able to announce both new hires at the same time. That's and correct. Drew, and, and, Drew, I, I, don't, I don't know for sure that there, there might not be one more, but the talk has resurfaced once again, although I don't think it really died, 
uh, other than your boy Jamie's mind. But I don't think the talk ever really died about uh, Billy Napier. Uh, I, I think there's still a chance Billy Napier ends up in Gainesville, Florida with Jim McElwain. Well, you know, there has been some rumors about Coach McElwain hiring the receivers coach at Oregon. That hasn't happened. And I wouldn't be surprised if Coach Napier left. Um, you know, I think that that rumor's been out there for a while. A lot of people want well, asking questions about Bobby Williams. Really no buzz about Bobby Williams, uh, you know, moving on or moving into administration. So uh, he, we look for him to return in 2015. So he's, and he's a longtime saving guy and uh, has been with him for really longer than anyone. So he looks to return. So we will see. Uh, but I'm a little, I'm excited about it. Not really doesn't bother me that Lance Thompson went to Auburn. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, the bottom line is I think the, 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 he can recruit with the best of them, but I don't think he can coach his way out of a sandbox, just to be honest. So my Auburn fan niece uh, had to go on Facebook and start, you know, celebrating like they pulled this big coup and how her Bama uh, husband was upset and not happy. I said, Amy, uh, just tell him. Just tell Joey that Lance was asked to leave. So her immediate response was, uh, oh, well, you know, you told me we weren't getting much chance. And I'm like, okay, you're right. But i tell you what, uh, if and when my uh, great-niece, who's still in high school right now, gets to Auburn, you just make sure that she stays as far away from Cliff Thompson as possible. And that shut it all up right there. <laughs> You know, Lance did it to himself, but if you look at his body of work, he doesn't stay anywhere longer than three or four years. He's a recruiter. That's it. And, uh, again, he, I've never been high on his coaching ability. Uh, he was, I, And I, I saw it with my own eyes when Coach Sal left that the production from the outside linebackers dipped every year, and they were not playmakers like they had been before. Uh, we saw Ryan Anderson make some plays this year, but really – uh, 56 and 32 weren't getting a chance to play. And then, uh, you know, 30 was on the field a lot, did not make a lot of plays. But in his defense, he probably wasn't getting a whole lot of coaching. Xavier Dixon did have a good senior year. Hope, we wish him well on the NFL level. But, again, I just felt like over the last three seasons, uh, the outside linebackers were not up to par. Everybody saw what Adrian Hubbard did last year. He went undrafted. So, you know, I just really felt like Lance Thompson – uh, you needed to go. Let's just put it that way. You know something funny? This, this just now popped in my mind. But you know, I have a I have a funny way of remembering random things from the past. The very first of the three times that Lance Thompson was hired in Tuscaloosa, he was hired by Mike DeBose in the nineties, and mm-hmm. the internet had kind of just gotten uh, on its feet regarding the number of Bama websites, what have you. And I'll never forget. Somebody asking on the internet, uh, Travis Ryer, a man whose football knowledge I have a whole lot of respect for, of uh, oh, yeah. 24/7 sports. Well, Travis, you excited about about the Thompson hire? And in three seconds, he replied, "Well, um, great recruiter. Uh, I was kind of hoping to get a football coach." And I was like, "Damn!" Now this was like 1997-ish or 98. Yes. And and so Travis posted that, and I, and I'm thinking, okay, well, you know. Maybe that's just some solid rates. I don't know. Because uh, people had, had 
you know, raved about the job Lance did recruiting and all at Georgia Tech, and I know he did a good job at Georgia Tech. He did a good job recruiting everywhere he's been. And, and, and that's why he keeps you know, getting jobs. He caught some heat this year, Drew. But in, in, in fairness to Lance, uh, I, I thought Xavier Dixon and Ryan Anderson both had pretty strong years. Well, I mean, Xavier had a good senior year, like I said. Exactly. But you know, but I mean, really, I think he had nine. But the nine. thing about it oh, is, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. But. But, you know, but it took him four years to catch on, four years to produce. And then all I heard uh, via sources that spoke with him about Ryan Anderson, for this was Ryan's third year in the program, was that he had short arms and his measurables weren't great and yada, yada, yada. And then they finally started playing him. And then I had a big problem. I, and I know the old adage is you don't lose a job due to injury. But Denzel Duvall gets hurt against Ole Miss. He's out a month. Did Ryan Anderson sparked. Sparks the defense. It's been yep. playing better, and he comes back against LSU and starts again. I have a. I don't mind him playing, but he did not deserve to start. Okay, there's no way in Hades that should have happened. I think that kind of thing goes on with the whole team, though. Uh, well, maybe so. I, I, but I think there's a lot of politics on the team regarding not the team itself, but the decisions that are made from the top. Like, what what else besides politics kept Christian Jones returning kicks all year? I guess, but I mean, I, and I understand I'm being loyal, but but I mean, there's still got to be. The thing is loyal to a fault. But I know this, I know this, Kerry. I saw player development when Coach Sal was here. I mean, Eric Anders had a really good senior year, was the best pass rusher on the 2019. He didn't have great measurables. I saw how good Courtney Upshaw became. I saw how good Jarrell Harris became. I mean, I can go down a list, and they just. Well, they have not been nearly as productive under Lance Thompson as they were under South Sunseri, period. End yeah. of story. And I read a summary of, of how it all went down on, 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 one of, on 24-7 by, by Lucky, who would know. And basically, Lance wanted to stay. And uh, Saban basically told him, no, you need to look around, buddy. And, uh, Coach, I really want to stay. No, you, you need to look around. So. All I'll say is that's the uh, party line version, and that's all I'll say about that report. Yep, but uh, all you need to say is that he's gone. Yep. So uh, I think that we both agree that, that Tosh LePoy will probably be named as the replacement for Coach Thompson. Uh, we're not really sure about the other, the other job. We, we think it might be the Shea Townsend, but it could be Derek Hansley. Um, I guess, you know what would be awesome? Would, you know, hear me out here. What would be awesome would be if Bobby Williams would agree to take a desk job you know, something, you know, or off the field or what have you. And Josh Niblett became in charge of tight ends and the special teams. Because Josh Niblett at Hoover, his his philosophy is there's there's three parts of the game, offense, defense, and he has a name for his special teams, Weefense, as in W-E-F-E-N-S-E, Weefense. Offense, defense, Weefense. I'd love to see the Weefense matchup someday make its way to Tuscaloosa, but Anyway, uh, that's just me speculating. I, I really kind of hope that Bill Clark would be part of this, this situation here, but it looks to me and to you, I guess, that it's going to be Lou Poy and either Townsend or Angley. And Angley is a very good recruiter. Uh, he learned off the field with Saban and on the field the last two years in Lexington. And I didn't realize until today, Drew, that, that Derek Angley is a, a former Tallahassee High School quarterback where he was cheered on from the stands by one Charles from Realtown. So, <laughs> hey, 
You know, I Derek Hansen's got that going for him. Derek Hansen is either, so that's interesting. I didn't realize he was an Alabama native, but so he knows. Yeah, I didn't know either, but apparently he was a quarterback at Chelsea. I forgot where he went to college. but uh, Well, he, he went to he, – he's recruited the state pretty well for Kentucky, got tried to get in on some kids. and As has uh, Deshae Townsend from Mississippi State. Yeah, absolutely. And Deshae would bring a lot of uh, – oh, you know, it would be awesome. They, they hired a shade, and he somehow convinced them to take Nixon. His prize well, I, I will say this. I have heard today that uh, if Saban signs off on it, they may offer Nixon the gray shirt. But as I told someone after I heard this, you know, I'm not sure he would take it. I mean, he, Mississippi State's been with him for a long time. With the, with the and how bad he wants to stay in state. But, you know, I and it doesn't. And as far as Prince Tiga, uh, the reclassified young man from uh, Elmore, Alabama, and Edgewood Academy. He was visited today by Kerry Stevenson, director of player personnel, and you know Kirby Smart will visit him next week, and they want and they want to invite him to campus to see Nick Saban, but they really don't have a spot right now. And I think the rationale with Coach Saban right now, they were planning on offering the young man verbally at, at Junior Day in February, and then you know hoping he would come to camp so he could be evaluated amongst other great players. But Alabama doesn't have a lot of spots, Kerry, and with a small body of work to evaluate against competition that's highly questionable, despite the measurables, I'd love to see, or, and then a lot of people would love to see Alabama get involved with Tega because he's intriguing. But Coach Saban may be thinking right now he wants more of a polished product. We'll see. Because to me, Tega could end up being that tight end they've been looking for, but he could end up as an offensive tackle. He could end up as a, you know, as a defensive end. But you just never know. And as William Redfish Barger, who will be our first guest in a few minutes, told me last night, how has O.J. Howard uh, transitioned? And there's your answer. It's been rough on him. So who knows? They, they may not. They may get involved with Tega, but right now they really don't have a lot of spots. But we'll see because those could open up because we've already had one development today, Kerry. And this is a shocker to everybody listening. But, uh, but uh, you know, Drew Richmond will not visit this weekend. Well, they claim he had a death in his family, and, and you know I'm not going to disparage that. Maybe he no, did. Of course, maybe that's, uh, that's he, he may a have. serious I, situation. Yeah, I, I don't know, but the, the, that didn't trouble me as much as them saying he probably would not reschedule. That's what I is that. That's that, what I was about to say. As I'm sorry, but that, that, that screams tired me. Yeah, as soon as as soon as I heard, I read that he would he is not sure of rescheduling. I was like, the check cleared. Next. Yeah. The uh, bonus for not visiting check. You gotta love the tire man. He's consistent. I mean, you know, he's a uh, <laughs> he's consistent. God love him. I was talking uh, with somebody on the internet today. You know, the irony of bringing in Shea Townsend as an assistant coach, uh, other than other than Justin Woodall and and and, and maybe Tony Johnson, Deshay and Dwayne were about. That's the four people I think that we ever beat the tire man for. <laughs> Ever yeah. out of probably forty something kids, so you know he got a hell of a batting average. Um, yeah, so and no rings. Yeah, and just for the uh, and, and you know what that brings up to me, Drew is you know with this development with Richmond, who we thought Blake Barnett and company had had pretty much turned, and with the um, you know I don't know what else to say about Cheedy Valentino Kiki other than welcome to transcript hell population U. There's just not any way to know if he's going to be cleared, um, you know. And and then Isaiah Prince, I understand Crystal Ball is getting involved on that one now, but 
Uh, I, have, I have to ask you, you know, is, is there going to be a left tackle in this class, a true left tackle? Well, you know, I still think we need to see what happens with Isaiah this weekend. Uh, you know, I think Cristobal, and we'll have William speak on it, but I think Cristobal is going to lay out the reddest of the red carpet. I'm going to be honest with you. Cristobal has always liked Isaiah more than Drew Richmond. Drew Richmond had a very good, you know, end of his season, did a good job in the Under Armour game. He's always been very high on Isaiah Prince. And I'm going to be honest, I, I, I knew Alabama was trying to flip Drew Richmond, and I knew they had made some progress, but in the back of my mind, I knew it was Ole Miss. And I was not surprised this happened. That's why I always said, if he makes the visit, if he makes the visit. He's not going to make the visit. I don't anticipate Drew Richmond ever making the visit. If he does, it will be right before signing day on the 30th with, uh, with Hugh Freeze and everybody gritting their teeth. But I don't think that he's going to make the visit. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what they can do with Isaiah Prince on this visit to try to convince him not to, uh, to, to leave the state and to, and to realize if he goes to the University of Maryland that the only bowl game he's going to go to is probably going to be uh, a, a minor one. And just I hope he saw what Stanford did to them this past uh, bowl season. Beatdown, of course. Uh, but, you know, some kids look at beatdown and say, hey, I'm going to play immediately for that team. But you're right. Uh, you're right about Mario. Uh, he will put out the red card. They, they've got to do whatever they can to get one of those three guys. Well, I mean, with Cheedy, you know, now you're hearing reports that, the, you know, the transcript may not be that quite that bad. We'll see. Um, you know, he's an intriguing guy. He's a sure red shirt because he's so raw. Uh, and as, you, as you've been reporting, Kerry, you know, it seems that Alabama is in the lead for him. He's already officially visited. I think what, if they turn up the heat on Cheedy, will depend on what happens this weekend. And now, as uh, Thomas has actually pointed out, uh, we're going to get an, official, an unofficial from Byron Callis, the 23rd. And that no, okay, hold on. Man. i got to ask. I, gotta, I, I don't mean to cut you off. I heard a little bit about this this afternoon. Who is reporting that? Well, okay, Byron Cowart just tweeted 10 minutes ago. Okay, My top okay, schools are great for journalism slash broadcasting. UF, <laughs> Auburn, FSU, Alabama. So when it comes down to it, I will get my degree in three years. That is literally what he just tweeted as our broadcast started. I happen to see it on the tweet deck scroll as I'm working the social media to get our listeners uh, up well, to our I, new day. I understand. He, he gave a quote about doing an unofficial to Tuscaloosa on the 23rd. Uh, okay, the 23rd, and, okay. And he admitted, you know, he'd already had his official and la da 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 Well, know, normally I would discount it if I didn't have a quote and him, him giving a date. Well, and you, here's the only thing that I – because I would talk to someone just a couple hours ago about this, and he's he, but he had also given somebody a statement saying his top three was still, you know, Florida, Florida State, and Auburn, and right. I and so I seven hour information, and I'm talking yeah, about I'm talking I'm, about two hour information. Yeah, I, I'm uh, just all I'll say is I'll believe it when he shows up. I mean, he's going to be in Auburn this weekend. Uh, I, I and I, I have not kept up lately with these other. I don't believe he visited Florida officially. What other has he visited Florida State yet? I don't know. I'm looking. One second. They're, they're in it for sure, though. Oh, I, matter of fact, I think of Florida and Florida State are the favorites. I, 
I just am not familiar with where he's visited officially. I know he's a uh, okay. Been... Looking at what two four seven has, yes, he's going to go to Auburn on the sixteenth of January, yep. Florida right. the twenty third, and Florida State the thirtieth. Okay, well, the quotes he gave today were saying that he has not really connected with the new Florida coaches, and that okay. Bama is going to take that twenty third visit away from Florida. Uh, wow. He basically said thanks, but no thanks to the new defensive line coach at Florida. Okay. Uh, and, and I'm not 100% sure who got that quote. Uh, okay. I'm going to feel bad if it was John Garcia, but it, it was, you know, I read all these different sites, and <clears throat> this was like 4.30 this afternoon when I read this. Well, yes, and John has been on top of that situation. Let's give John credit. Uh, he's been, he, he has steadfastly said he would never leave the state of Florida. Uh, you know, and, and, and I still believe that I still believe I, I was, I believe this afternoon it would be Florida or Florida state. Now, if that's a real quote and he really did say not connecting with the Florida staff, that's big. I mean, I, that is something I was not aware of. I've been on Twitter today and I haven't seen it. So I have not read it on the site. Uh, it's being reported. Uh, we can ask, uh, you know, Rodney Orr when he comes well, on. I tell, you, I tell you who posted it. Okay. I can't. I can't. Chef Rossi posted it. Okay. He, got, he posted it on TI. Okay. And he's also a member of Twenty Four Seven. You know who Chef Rossi on? Yes, of course I know. Top guy, and he says, "Hmm." So I open up the post, and he's got these quotes from Cowart. But I'll be down if, if Thomas, if you can go to Tyler Insider, if you have a membership, and uh, search Chef Rossi. It's one word: C H E F R O S S I. I'm sure that he referenced where he got the quote when he made this post about 4.30, 4.45 today about Coward. And, you know, by now it's probably page 15. But uh, he had quotes, and I'm not sure where he got them from, but he even named the new D-line coach at Florida. And he said, I told Coach so-and-so, hey, man, I know you're doing your job. We just had not had time to really connect. And he said to whoever was interviewing him, that the, the, the scheduled 23rd January visit to Gainesville is now going to be Tuscaloosa as an unofficial. And I think that was sort of the basis. Of uh, here, I, this is from GatorCountry.com, and in it, the author, a guy named Andrew Spivey, uh, yeah, it sets Florida back some, Cowart said. I was supposed to visit Florida on the 23rd, but we will see because I have to get back up to Alabama. It's not going to be an official, but it could be an unofficial. There's a chance I may not visit Florida. I may go to LSU on the 30th as opposed instead of Florida State. That is okay. a straight well, quote from this okay. article. <laughs> that's what I read. I think I over-paraphrased it, but that's what I read, Drew. Okay, well, I'm still kind of, you know, here we go. I want to see if he actually shows up. Now, if he shows up the 23rd, then I'll believe Alabama still got a chance. But until that happens, I I sort of doubt it. I just don't. I, I don't get me wrong, man. The guy's an animal. I mean, I I'll tell you what. I talked to Carryon Johnson, the Auburn commit who will visit Alabama the 23rd this past Saturday when I was doing a story on the 2017 offensive tackle Austin Troxel. Mr. Uh, football, Carryon Johnson. Yes, Mr. Football. Car- and I asked him how he liked the uh, Under Armour game. I said, did it feel strange to not carry the ball because he spent the whole week at safety? He said, very much so. And uh, I asked him, you know, who uh, it impressed him, you know, when he was down there. And the first thing he said was, wow, Christian Kirk. And I was like, man, I was hoping he'd go outside the conference. And he's like, yeah, I was too. 
once he wasn't going to you know state come to either come to Alabama or for carry on's case Auburn. But uh, the thing is, he said that like everybody's reported that Daron Payne and Byron Cowart were unreal. He just said Cowart was an animal, was a beast, and uh, you know he was really impressed with him. And I, and I'd love to have Byron Cowart, but I mean I hope that's legit uh, as far as him. Uh, if he doesn't visit Florida, they're pretty much out of it. But I mean, I guess he's just talking for now. He, that could all change by the twenty third. But what about you know the potentiality of, of you know Bama with CC Jefferson? Uh, yeah, I, I still don't think that's going to happen. I still think he's a Gator, Kerry. Well, they're not both going to Florida. I don't think. I think. I think. I think. I don't think either one of them leaves the state. If CC goes to Florida, then Cowart probably goes to Auburn or Alabama. There is an interesting thing from Shafrosh. Must is really given. Muschamp has really given Auburn a legitimate shot at both Ivy and uh, Coward that they really didn't have in my opinion before. So, who knows? Yeah, you know, the thing is, the the one thing that's interesting, though, Shafrasi is reporting that Lorenzo Phillips will be taken by Florida State. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe the ACC has different transcript rules. Yeah. Well, the, whole, the thing was, Alabama, Alabama was only going to take him if he could enroll in January. That's what killed him. So, I mean, maybe Paul State said, "Hey, we'll give you twelve million dollars, no problem, good buddy." Did Kerry? Uh, did Thomas? He read that article uh, uh, from Gator Country. I, I'm, I'm looking at the quotes now. That's crazy that he says he may not go to Florida State. He may go to LSU. Yeah, sounds like he's just talking. I think he's just good lord. I think he's just enjoying the attention. Oh, no doubt about that. Uh, but I did think it was interesting that he mentioned Coach Lapoy. Yeah, I like that. That was one of my favorite parts of that story. And I think that's what kind of inspired Shafrosi to, to post that. Um, sounds like Tosh may give him a chance, you know, particularly if, if they're talking to him about being a Jack and Tosh is going to be coaching the Jacks. I don't know if Cowart's a straight-up DN or if he could be a Jack. I, I'm not smart enough. He's a straight-up DN, Kerry. I just watched him in the Under Armour game. Once mm-hmm. he gets in the strength program, He'll be a John Allen, and I'm not disparaging John Allen, who I thought had a very good sophomore season. I think he could be a more explosive John Allen. Yeah. But, uh, more of a playmaker, but John had a very solid year. I guess what I'm just trying to figure out before we bring on Redfish is uh, there's really only two spots left. And, you know, you got a lot of people that want those spots. But, but we also people- have – we also have. I'm. I'm. Pardon me, Kerry. Pardon me. The one. Th- the one prospect I wanted to mention though is Montreal Custis is taking two visits. Yeah. So he's going to be at Kentucky this weekend with Ainsley recruiting him, and then he will go to Florida next weekend supposedly. So I guess what we're going to see. I don't know if because there's been a lot of speculation about him for the last two months as to whether or not he would. And and, and, uh, and T.D. Moten, we all know T.D. Moten is not going to South Alabama. He will be in Starkville this weekend. Yep, yep. If he doesn't end up in Starkville, he'll probably end up in college station. So. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm signing him. Yes. So, yeah, he was never – that was <laughs> – that's kind of the fuel for the fire of me thinking Napier might be end up going somewhere for signing him. Anywho, not good to offer somebody without having the big man sign off on it. Right. But without further ado – our uh, first guest of the night is ready. Why don't you bring him on, dude? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're honored to be uh, joined once again. He's been a frequent guest and contributor to this show, BAMS Radio, and as well as my partner at Alabama Intel. But 
William Redfish Barger is going to join us. Uh, we're gonna uh, and uh, welcome back to BAMS, William. I know it hasn't been a boring last two days. <laughs> hey, before we get started, Drew, if, if Terry, um, you know, wants to ask any questions, I may need to get you to repeat them. I can hear you clear as a bell, but I'm having trouble hearing him. Okay, no problem, no problem. We can do that. But uh, uh, yeah, but first of all, I guess just up the, you you got us. Okay, I just want to make sure. Just, uh, just, uh, I guess, just first of all, just update the listeners. Uh, you've been on top of you, and you with your contacts throughout the coaching community. You're always on top of the of the coaching movement, especially when it pertains to Alabama. But do you have any any? Do you have, I guess, a PM update as far as uh, Alabama's coaching search? Well, I mean, it's unofficially not official yet, or officially unofficial, however you want to look at it. But, you know, <laughs> Tosh LaPoy has been hired to replace Lance Thompson as the outside linebackers coach. Um, right. And uh, yeah, I think that's a great, great hire. Um, you know, you remember us talking last year. I I was, you know, in favor of, of getting Tosh to coach the D-line, you know, over Bo Davis. That's how much I think it's right. Um, a recruiter, you know, and a coach. Um, you know, I think you have to put into perspective. He's he's only I think thirty two or thirty three years old, so you know, still very young in his coaching career. Um, has been very successful everywhere he went. Um, you know, both at Cal and at Washington. You know, for those that don't know, he was actually played his college football at Cal. Um, but but a dynamic recruiter. You know, for. Alabama fans out there that don't remember this, he was actually the one that stole Keenan Allen from Alabama at the 12th hour um, several years ago. I was thinking ago. he might have been. Yes. Um, you know, he's a great, great, you know, teacher and, and technician as a coach. You know, because of his age, he's, you know, still in really good shape and is a hands-on guy, much in the same way that Mario Cristobal is. Um, high energy, very positive. Um, you know, he, he had only been on campus for a month, and, you know, I was getting reports from current players about how much the players really liked him. Um, you know, very good friends, has a, a long relationship with Lane Kiffin, so there's a connection there. Uh, but but I, you know, I can't say enough good things about him. I think he's uh, – uh, will be more than able to handle the, the outside linebacker coaching responsibilities. I mean, coaching that spot in Nick Saban's defense is very similar to coaching defensive ends anyway. So uh, certainly something that he's done before. And, um, you know, I would imagine he's probably going to take over the, um, you know, Mobile to Jacksonville territory that Lance had as well and uh, probably, you know, work, work out west some too. But, uh, great, great pickup. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, it was what I was hoping would happen. When he was brought in last year, I knew his reputation as a recruiter. I thought it was an extremely shrewd move. I figured he would be much like Coach Steele, someone that would be on, off the field for a year and then back on. But uh, is there any more insight? This this one's probably going to take a little bit longer, but is there any more insight into the – into the other uh, hiring, and do you, do you do you foresee uh, Kirby Smart moving back to inside linebackers? And a lot of speculation. I know you have excellent contacts when it comes to those close to uh, as far as uh, 
Deshae Townsend and Derek Ainsley, who are names that are being heavily uh, sought after as far as in connection to Alabama. Is there any more uh, uh, info on that situation? Yeah, I mean, there's there's genuine interest. I mean, I know Deshae wants the job, but he hasn't been as of last night at least. He hasn't been contacted by Alabama. Um, you know, obviously, Derek Ainsley um, coached Alabama before. You know, before South Sincere, he hired him at Tennessee. Now he's at Kentucky. Um, you know, I think the the final decision on whether to move Kirby back to the linebacker spot may not have been made completely yet. So I think uh, I, I have heard some some rumblings that Bill Clark has been contacted. So you know, if that's the case, then uh, you know the decision doesn't look like it's finalized yet to move Kirby back. But I I, I think that's probably what's going to end up happening. Um, you know, Alabama's you know kind of in a you know a touchy situation with Deshae. He's got multiple offers from NFL teams on the table right now and college um, college teams. His daughter's actually a freshman at Alabama this year. Um, so you know, grew up in Mississippi. He's been coaching in Mississippi for the last two years. Um, you know, obviously, his career at Alabama and his NFL career speaks for itself, but. You know, he fits the mold um, of what Nick tends to look for in a coach. You know, he's got a little bit of experience at, at both levels. Um, you know, certainly maybe he could help the staff uh, make some, some inroads uh, into the state of Mississippi and recruiting. Uh, but we'll, I, think we're just gonna, I think this one's going to take a little bit longer to play out than the LaPoy deal did. Well, and it doesn't surprise me. I, I was even told – the, the night before Lance Thompson made it official to go to Auburn, that this this situation might not play out till after signing day. Now, Kerry uh, still has heard rumblings about Billy Napier uh, maybe moving on, and there's still not a wide receivers coach, to my knowledge, hired at Florida. Are you still hearing anything in that regard? Well, I can tell you this much: if 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 Napier is going to make a move, then I don't think it's going to be until after national signing day. He was actually in Florida last night with uh, Mario Cristobal. Um, you know, getting ready to hit the road today, recruiting. Um, so it looks to me like if, in fact, he is going to make that move, it's not going to be until after National Signing Day. Um, you know, as an Alabama fan, it would hurt my feelings if he does. Um, Correct. That's uh, that, that's kind of what that situation, you know, looks like. And, you know, again, much like uh, – you know, Lance Thompson going to work with Will Muschamp, who he coached with at LSU, and, um, you know, LaPoy's relationship with uh, Lane Kiffin. Um, it certainly would make a lot of sense for Napier to go join Coach Mack's staff at Florida. You know, he worked for him as a GA at Alabama and then as an on-the-field coach at the Colorado State. Well, Fish, uh, you're obviously going to have new coaches, and with and Reggie Ragland and Jaron Reed returning. What does this mean, the, the new coaches and the returning players? How does this affect the 2015 version of the Crimson Tide? Oh, it, it makes, uh, in my opinion, um, Alabama's front seven um, much, much more uh, formidable uh, for opponents this year. I mean, you know, I think if you look at the, you know, the top four guys on that defensive line, Jaron Reed, Ashawn Robinson. Uh, Jonathan Allen are all probably going to be, you know, high top end NFL draft picks. 
you know, obviously with, with you know, the draft grade that Reggie Ragland got this year, he's he's going to be a, you know, a first or a second round guy next year. Um, you know, it, it really, I think, solidifies and it gives the, you know, the coaching staff some breathing room um, because he is experienced. He's kind of the, you know, the, the, the next guy in line to take over that, that leadership role at the linebacker spot. You know, it'll give him a chance to bring along, you know, Reuben Foster or Sean Dion Hamilton, um, whoever wins that other starting job. Um, you know, it'll help in that area as well. But, uh, you know, basically, you know, Alabama returns, um, you know, all their best players, um, you know, along that, that front seven area. Um, and, yes, I'm, I'm not including Trey DePriest in, in, in that group for a reason. Um <laughs> It, it really, I think, will give Alabama one of the top front sevens in all of college football next year. And I have, a, I want to add something to what Thomas just asked you. I know you have a very good knowledge of football, especially on the and on the lines of scrimmage. But uh, do you do you foresee? And this is what I've been speculating on because I think it'll it'll help Reggie transition to the NFL. Do you see him sliding over to the mic and being the signal caller and and then allowing, should he be able to stay healthy, Reuben Foster to play the wheel? Uh, because I know it took a while for Reggie to get on the field, but and obviously in the one start, uh, Reuben really struggled with the signal calling. But uh, I think, you, is the wheel easier to play? And Do you, do you foresee Reuben being able to win that job and then play next to Reggie coming up in 2015? Because I really think if Reuben can catch on, he could take the defense to the next level because his talent is unquestioned. Just you know, the mental part of the game, and of course, his health has always played a factor. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you, Trey. That's the the wild card in all this is Reuben's health. Um, you know, it, it's an ongoing issue, um, and I think it's gotten to the point. You know, once you have the the string of concussions and stingers that he's had, um, you know. In today's times, with with the litigious nature um, in both college and pro football, with all the lawsuits, I, I don't think the medical staff can really let it go more than than you know uh, another calendar year before they would have to make a decision on his future in that manner. Um, that would be a perfect scenario if it worked out. Now, the other thing to consider is because of his high intelligence both in the classroom and on the football field, I don't think you can rule out Sean Dion Hamilton, um, you know, stepping into a starting role and maybe even being the signal caller over Reggie Ragland. If in fact that duo um, you know, was the starting starting group. I mean he's a very intelligent kid. Um, you know, yeah. got his feet wet a little bit this year playing playing, you know, in a backup role. Um, and is a more talented football player than I think a lot of people realize. You know, certainly I don't think he's the the same caliber of a linebacker that say a Reuben Foster is. But you know, you've got to have some sort of general knowledge. Uh, I mean, I think that's why you saw Reuben excel on special teams this year. Um, you know, you've got a limited a limited amount of assignments when you're on kickoff coverage and punt coverage. You know, it's uh, a lot more difficult than trying to dissect an offense as it's unfolding in front of you. Uh, but, you know, Ruben, on top of his health issues, you know, Ruben's got to get to a point when he's in there at linebacker um, that he can play the game fast and, and see things, yes. you know, 
and digest them in a fast manner as they unfold. So I think that's going to be one of the more intriguing storylines as they get a little well, we're less than 60 days away from spring practice now. So uh, that's going to be one of the more intriguing storylines, in my opinion, as Alabama goes into spring practice in a month and a half. Well, Fish, just to get you on the record about this, we've obviously seen two defensive coaches leave. Does Alabama have any more new faces, uh, any more staff t- turnover before spring practice starts in about two months? Yeah, you know, we, we touched on the fact that I think there's still a chance that Billy Napier um, could, could end up elsewhere. But, you know, if it happens, um, I don't think it's going to be until national, after National Signing Day, which, you know, is three weeks away. Um, so that that's certainly something to keep your eye on, Thomas, but I think you're going to have to be a little more patient and see how that one plays out. Absolutely. And and looking at, uh, you're going to see a lot of questions about Alabama. I know that if you've kept an eye on any of the way too early top 25s for 2015, Alabama is five or below. You you played on the offensive line. Where do you see the offensive line? Do, Do you see some kind of early candidates aside from the two returning starters for guys that will solidify that position because that was one of the big reasons that Alabama was supposed to quote unquote take a step back in twenty fifteen. Yeah, and I think that was quietly one of the the better coaching jobs that you saw in college football this year was you know what Mario Cristobal was able to piece together. Um, you know, obviously his talents off the charts, but with a true freshman and Cam Robinson at left tackle, um and and you know they, they were a good not great offensive line this year. Uh, but I think you can go ahead and pencil in uh, Dominic Jackson at right tackle. Um, obviously, Kelly and Cameron Robinson will be coming back at center and left tackle. And you're going to have, you know, five or six guys, um, you know, competing for the left guard and the right guard spots. Um, you know, guys like Bradley Bozeman. Uh, Grant Hill, Josh Kasher, Ross Piercebacher, Alphonse Taylor, um, which I think is a great thing anytime you have that much competition for two spots. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the guard competition is going to be spectacular because I think Grant Hill will finally move inside, but I, I really like Josh Kasher from what I've heard, what you've reported and what the, I've heard that coaches have said about him. I would not be shocked if he won a job. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, it's just it's going to be very interesting because I think Rosh Piercebacher has the ability to play uh, guard and tackle. Uh, do you anticipate? I know you're very high on him as a prospect. I certainly am as well. I've seen him in a live setting, in a combine setting. Do you think uh, he's not enrolling early though, which is one problem? But do you see a, a freak like a Lester Cotton being able to win a job as a true freshman, or is there just too much talent? He's going to have to wait his turn. Yeah, I think what you're going to see, what Mario Cristobal's plan is right now for Lester Cotton is to come in and, and you know, be Dominic Jackson's backup at right tackle. Um, you know, okay. I'm not saying where his, you know, he may not stay there long term. I think he will, but, you know, I think that's where he starts his career off. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he, he's he's talented enough, Drew. I mean, you know, from a physical standpoint, I especially think after, you know, going through a conditioning program this summer, you know, being right there in Tuscaloosa, he can come to the football complex and watch as much film and as much practice as he wants to. 
Um, so, you know, even though um, he won't actually be actively participating in practice, you know, once he signs his letter of intent in a few weeks, he can get a copy of the playbook and come out there and take mental reps as often as he can. And that, yeah, with his location, that's big for him. It is. It is. And he's, he, like I said, he's, uh, you know, he's not quite a Cameron Robinson, but he's just, you know, he's just, he's, in my opinion, he's the best offensive line prospect in the country this year that I've seen. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to, I'll tell you what, I saw him in the Alabama Mississippi All Star game, and he, that was the first time he told me he had played guard in two years. And, uh, he, he was nasty. I mean, he was at left guard playing beside Tyler Carr, who was playing left tackle going to Auburn. And the first thing out of his mouth when they, when they scored on the last play to win it, and I tweeted it out, was how many pancakes did I have? <laughs> and it wasn't for, for breakfast. Up, yeah. Um, and I asked him, I said, how many, do, how many do you think you had? And he said, I think I had at least 16. <laughs> But I tell you a funny story that that uh, a coaching friend of mine here in Birmingham told me two years ago about Lester, uh, Matt Glover, the head coach at Pinson Valley High School here in Birmingham, um, and this is when Lester was a sophomore. Um, you know, I was asking him, you know, who who he had seen this year that he thought was a big time player, and that was the first name that was mentioned. And uh, I said, man, you. you uh, you got any, you know, you know where I can get any highlights on them. Central Tuscaloosa does do a very good job with their huddle. He said, yeah, just pull up our full game against them. He's got a, a career highlight tape of what he did to our front seven just in one game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I, I really like the kid. I like the nasty streak he plays with. He likes to compete. Um, I don't think he'll start as a true freshman, but I think he'll be in the mix. I think uh, he's, he's – and I – and I do. I am anxious to see what Dominic Jackson can do with Fulton. Uh, he was injured a lot last year. I still think he has a lot of talent. Um, I still, you know, and I'm very high on. And I like Bradley Bozeman a lot. I like what I saw out of him uh, at guard against Tennessee. I think he has the ability and the the power to be effective there. Honestly, I, William, I know it's kind of weird. You know, some people would say, "Well, that, it's hard, well, how can you say that now? It's a little early and then being presumptive, but." I think the offensive line has a chance to be a better unit in 2015. I know they've got only two starters returning, but I think with the young talent and the athleticism, I expect the unit to be better, especially when I saw what Mario did this past year coaching that group. Well, I really think that it's fair to say, you know, I kind of consider Dominic Jackson a co-starter from last year. Uh, Oh, yeah. had Had it not been for that high ankle sprain, um, you might have seen, you know, Mario do some shuffling to get him into the lineup. Um, the only two things that kept him from earning a starting spot this past year was was that injury, and you know, he was a little slow to catch on to the playbook. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, he, he's a guy that, that is, you know, one of the more powerful, you know, offensive linemen you'll see at the point of attack. I mean, he really hurts people when he gets his hands on them. Um, you know, and like you were saying about Cotton, um, you know, bringing in Cotton and, and Pettibone and Kennedy is just going to add even more depth to, uh, you know, that offensive line. I mean, those are three guys, you know, that are rated, you know, at the tops at their positions, um, you know, anywhere in the country. So it's really um, as bad of a da- as bad of a job as Jeff Stoutland did of evaluating and recruiting offensive 
lineman in his two years at Alabama, you got to take your hat off to Mario for for the the, the the quick makeup work that he's done in two short years of, of getting kids in here um, and developing them and uh, you know getting things set up like you said. You know, I don't. I agree with you. I think 15, but the line's going to be better than it was this year. But if you think that's good, sit back for the joyride in 2016. That's when I think you're going to see, uh, you know, something comparable to what you saw in 2011, 2012. Oh, no doubt. Hey, William, this is Kerry. Can you hear me better now? I can. Okay, good. Just want to see how you project the. Uh, future of the left tackle position down the road from now after Cam goes to the NFL? Well, I think, Kerry, that's why it's so important that, that Alabama, you know, gets a kid, um, you know, out of Isaiah Prince and uh, the Valentine kid from Atlanta, and I'm not mentioning Drew Richmond anymore for a reason. Um, I don't <laughs> think he was ever going to be a left tackle. <clears throat> I think he was better suited to being a right tackle, but um, – you know, I still think that Isaiah Prince is, is you know, at the top of, of Mario's wish list. But, you know, because of the distance, um, you know, because of the pressure to stay home and stay, it's going to take a big weekend, I think, for Alabama to move into the driver's seat for him. I'm not ruling that out. You know, we've seen this happen before with Deshaun Hand and others. Um, but, you know, the Valentine kid is, is more of a, you know, an upside projection at this point. Um, you know, there's not a, a large body of work to look at with him. Um, but, but you know, some college coaches feel like that, that he has the most upside of, of maybe anybody left out there that's uncommitted um, as an offensive tackle prospect, um, you know, maybe even along the same lines of a Martez Ivy. So um, <clears throat> that's why I think it's so important that they get a legit guy. They've got um, right tackle secured, you know, either with Cotton or Grant Hill um, after Dominic Jackson leaves. But, you know, they need to get, you know, one guy this year. Um, you know, they're in very good shape for Willie Allen out of Louisiana for next year. Um, so, you know, they've got some things working there, Terry. I just think, you know, in a perfect world, you want to secure one for this year and, and go out and get you another top-notch guy, hopefully, you know, the Allen kid from the state of Louisiana. Hopefully he'll be, uh, you know, another version of Cam uh, Robinson coming out of Louisiana. Well, great minds think alike because that was actually going to be part two of that question was going to be to talk about Willie Allen and Alabama's chances. And, and, and if that doesn't work out, you know, what are the chances with E.J. Moss over at Central Gwinnett or maybe even the newest name to emerge in the offensive tackle 2016 sweepstakes at a kid that's committed to A&M named, named uh, Greg Little. Uh, it seems like there'll be a lot to, to pick from next year, but uh, I think you like our chances with Willie Allen. But just kind of just talk about the, the importance of getting one next year. Yeah, you know, and as much as I love the Price kid, he's uh, set to transfer out of Central Gwinnett after this year. Um, he's slated to go to Archer High School. Um, I would feel a lot better about Alabama's chances with him um, if he stayed over there with Coach Wofford, you know, for people that don't know, um, he's actually a teammate this year of Alabama commitment Adonis Thomas. But, you know, Archer's mm-hmm. a very pro uh, – Archer High School's a very pro-Georgia high school, so that, that causes me a little bit of concern, uh, not to mention the fact that Todd's a, a very pro-Alabama guy, or at least neutral in, in that sense. Um, 
know, the Allen kid, you know, reminds me a lot of Isaiah Prince. Um, just so long, so much length, got the great wingspan, got the great feet. Um, he would be, you know, a great, great pickup. Um, you know, obviously with what happened yesterday down there, now all of a sudden things have gotten, you know, interesting on the recruiting front again in the state of Louisiana um, with, with, with LSU hiring Ed Ogeron. Um, and I would yeah. imagine you know, he's going to get a visit, you know, here in the next couple of days from uh, from Coach O. But, you know, the Allen kid, um, you know, I still think he ends up at A&M. Um, I can't oh, remember. Oh, little? I mean, little, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. I get little and Allen confused every day. Uh, but he, mm-hmm. he's a teammate, uh, you know, from Allen, Texas, which is where Alec Morris went to school. But he's got a teammate that's that just got to A&M either last year or this year. Um, he's been committed to them um, for a while. Um, but to me, I just think that's where he ends up. Um, I think Alabama's best shot as it stands right now for getting one of those elite guys in 2016 is going to be with, with Willie Allen. Yeah, I totally agree. And I know uh, there's been a lot of speculation, William, but what is your take? Alabama's only got really two to three spots left. Uh Obviously, they want to get one of those offensive tackles, but do you see them? Uh, obviously, there's been a lot of talk of Daylon Charlotte, Lawrence Cager. Uh, do you see them taking two two more receivers, or how do you see that playing out? And then also, uh, give your take on the Prince Tega situation. I talked a little bit about that before you came on, but what is your take there? My take is that it doesn't appear uh, that the Alabama staff has a lot of interest in Tega at this point. You know, it was a right. A very untimely situation for the Alabama, you know, end of this deal for him to get reclassified, uh, you know, for for 2015. I, I don't know what they're doing um, in, in the high schools over in Nigeria, but you know, for Valentine and him both to have this happen, you know, basically within a couple of months of each other is kind of baffling to me. But um, it just doesn't seem like there's a lot of interest on Alabama's end. It doesn't seem like there's you know, they're pushing real hard for them. Obviously, they're in a, you know, a numbers crunch, a severe one. And, uh, you know, and, and he's a guy, again, um, no telling what he turns out to be. I think he'll outgrow the tight end spot. Um, I think he'll end up being a defensive end or an offensive tackle at the next level. Um, certainly, the physical skills are, are off the charts. But I don't necessarily blame the Alabama coaching staff for, you know, taking a wait-and-see cautious approach. I mean, I know they would would want to see him, you know, compete against people his own size, uh, you know, versus five foot six, 130-pound defensive ends that he's been going up against in private school ball. Um, I just think it was bad timing. Um, like you said, you know, they, they've got to get one of these tackles. Um, you know, they're, they're going to take at least one more wide receiver, uh, possibly two. Um, and, and I still think that there's a very good chance. I'm still hearing a lot of positive vibes about your favorite player, uh, you know, getting that, that gray shirt offer that he's looking for. And I'm talking about Keith Mixon from Shades Valley. Yes. And <laughs> we all are happy about that. But I have, I know, uh, we, we all know Coach Smith here, William, and I know you do too. He was a teammate. Uh, do you think 
that that Keith would take the offer. I was just I've told some people I wasn't sure he would because Mississippi State's been with him so long. I would love that, but would you foresee him taking that gray shirt? I you know I certainly think he would he would think long and hard about it. Through um, that's Alabama's where he's always wanted to be. Um, I've been oh told yes that, I agree. Yeah, I've been told that the family is in a position to where they could you know absorb that financially. Um, you know, I, I think that, uh, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, a former teammate of mine interviewed for the head coaching job over there yesterday, Maurice Belser, who was a, an offensive guard at Alabama. Um, yeah, he's been on the staff with Coach Smith. And, uh, but, you know, I, I do still think there is a chance that that happens, and I do still think there's a chance that if it, you know, they do extend that offer, um, that he would think long and hard about taking it. And, uh, you know that would be a, a huge boom for for this class, for for them to get a player the caliber of mix and to you know to take a gray shirt like that. And let's say this about gray shirts, William and Drew and Thomas. A lot of times, a kid will take a gray shirt with the understanding that hey, if we have one guy that don't get in, you're here in August, and and that's extremely possible in Keith's case. He's just 45 minutes up the road. Uh, I think it'll give him a lot to think about. Yeah, yeah I totally agree. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree with you, Kerry. And, and you know, it's you know like what you just saw with you know Calvin Ridley failing to become an early enrollee. Um, you know, Bo Scarborough, you know, not making it last year. Um, it's it's one of the reasons why I wish you know Nick always would just keep one scholarship in his back pocket. Um, you know. It cost him getting a you know a pretty good player four years ago when you know when Den not Denzel Duvall when Denzel Kimdichie you know qualified out of the blue in May um, you know after National Signing Day and you know Georgia and Alabama were out of scholarships that's how he ended up at, at Ole Miss so um, and I agree with you um, you know and, and then like I said you know there's already already some you know some rumors floating around out there that uh, you know. Christian Bell may get the phone call at the 12th hour about taking a gray shirt. I, I spoke with a source at Hoover High School over the weekend about that. He said that, uh, you know, Christian and his family haven't heard about that yet. But as we all remember from a few years ago, neither did Darius Phelan until the last minute. So that's still a possibility. But somebody I think they've targeted for a possible gray shirt to, you know, maybe make room for, like Drew was talking about, not just taking one wide receiver, but maybe take two. Right. Well, William, we appreciate you coming on bands again tonight, man. Quick 30 minutes. Uh, as always, great insight and information uh, from AlabamaIntel.com. Uh, and, again, we hope to have you on uh, again in the near future. But thanks for being on bands with us again tonight, man. Hey, guys, I appreciate it. Good questions as always. Appreciate it, William. That's William Redfish Barger, AlabamaInshaw.com. Uh, Drew, uh, breaking news uh, from the uh, AU Plainsman Twitter account. A person <laughs> has been bitten by a raccoon on the Auburn campus. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Don't, don't, don't kill it. Them's good eating. <laughs> I don't know. He gone. Yeah, he gone. Well, I haven't checked the basketball score earlier. That may, the basketball team may have been bitten by a raccoon because they were getting blown out the, blown off well, Gainesville. Most champs' kids are at the game, and both his boys have on Auburn gear at the O Dome. So uh, okay. 
that should be expected uh, to be a blowout, but I haven't checked the score even just because it don't require me GAS. <laughs> anyway, uh, you, you keep us up to date on that Auburn basketball situation. And, and you know what? Good transition. Uh, 71-55 Gators lead, uh, according to Thomas Watts. Okay, so talking about basketball. Uh, you had a great road win by the University of Alabama in Knoxville, really closed the deal and, and got that two-year SEC road win monkey off their back, then turned around and missed 10 free throws in a two-point loss uh, in Columbia and continually gave up second shots. I mean, sure. unbelievable amount of stickbacks uh, in a game that was very, very winnable. Uh, so could be 2-0, and should be 2-0, and uh, or, you know, 3-0 because they opened up with a win at home over A&M. But they're, they're currently 2-1 and one in the league. They have a very tough Kentucky team coming in to a sold-out Coleman Coliseum 3 p.m. tip Saturday. This Kentucky team has struggled mightily on the road. Uh, they very well could have – I won't go so far as to say should have, but they very well could have lost in Oxford – and in College Station. Uh, I don't mean to sound like uh, someone that just got put on the Jim from Tuscaloosa Vice Outpatient Program, but I think there's a chance Saturday, Drew. I really do. Well, and Alabama's won the last two matchups with Kentucky and Coleman, Kerry. I mean, they've. I was at the last one two years ago. They do have a chance. Um, I think they're going to have to shoot it really well. And they're going to have to find a way to hang on, hang hang around on the glass, because if they had just rebounded a little bit and made six more free throws, they would have beaten South Carolina. And I say six because usually you're not when you miss ten, that's just disastrous. They could have missed four or five, they could have won the game. You know, of course, I think it really hurt when Ricky Tarrant fouled out. Though oh, they killed them, they killed them. Though I, I'm proud of the team for still rallying. I mean, they they sucked it up the last five minutes if i wish they could have got a better look at the basket on the last drive i was hoping to see a penetrating kick but you know they they uh they did a good job and they didn't let them set the screen for levi and then didn't really allow uh you know uh j cole to uh penetrate and get into the lane he had to give it up to levi who got off an off balance three but uh yeah i still know Justin did hit a three, though, that game, which was good. Yeah, yeah. And so, to be honest, I was kind of hoping that Alabama would do something that I didn't think South Carolina was expecting, and that was to run a play for Riley Norris to get the three off. But they didn't do that. So, I mean, I would have felt like they would have left him open. But, again, they played hard, and uh, but I just didn't think they executed very well. And so it's going to be interesting to see how they do back home against a team in Kentucky that's just so big and so talented and just destroyed Missouri, I mean, earlier this week. But, of course, that was in Rupp. Well, Drew, I would be remiss if I didn't mention our barbecue sponsor and his yes. beloved naming hotline, and that's Big Heads Barbecue out of Stapleton, Alabama. Uh, you can call us on the Big Heads Barbecue hotline at 714-510-3707. Again, that number is 714-510-3707. You can go to his website, BigHeadsBBQ.net, and uh, you can hit him up on Twitter, at BigHeadsBBQ. But uh, Chuck Peake is a man that knows how to put out a spread when it comes to the Q, 
as those of us who frequent the band's radio tent during Southeastern Conference home games in Tuscaloosa can well attest. So, uh, okay, Chuck, you got your plug now. I'll get to eat for you today. Now, <laughs> speaking of the uh, Big Heads Barbecue Hotline, uh, we have on there our first uh, caller of the night, and that is Big C from Greenville. Uh, Colin, what's going on, brother? Not much. Hey, Kitty. Hey, Drew. How y'all doing tonight? Good, Big C. How are you, man? I'm all right. Hanging in there. With Cardell Jones heading to some state at Ohio State, what's the status of, excuse me, Braxton Miller now? You might be heading south or not. Well, I, we, that's, that hasn't yet to be known, uh, Big C. He hasn't announced transfer plans, but as I tweeted this afternoon, as soon as I watched Cardell call a press conference to say he was returning to school, uh, I was. I just said, you know, uh, all this should mean is uh, hello, Braxton, and Coach Saban and Coach Kiffin are waiting. I mean, I heard talk today they may try to convince Braxton to move to slot receiver uh, and, and, and almost a wildcat quarterback. To me, that's a waste of time. Uh, Braxton Miller has been a quarterback his whole career. Uh, he may have to transition somewhere else in the NFL, but in college, he was a Heisman candidate quarterback. So that's just living in a fantasy land, in my opinion. I think he will definitely leave. The one thing of interest that I did here today, because of the timeline, everybody's been saying, well, he'd need to make up his mind quickly, including myself, because of wanting to enroll somewhere for spring practice. I have heard today that he will not be cleared to throw until the summer, so you may not see Braxton Miller transfer anywhere until late in the semester, and and that would be my prediction as of today if that report is true. Now, let's be clear that uh, LSU and Florida State are very big players for him too, Big C. Well, yeah, I think LSU will be. I, I've heard the, and I think Oregon would be. Uh, you know, we've we've been hearing Florida State, Oregon, and Alabama, but I'm sure LSU would be calling. I mean, LSU's been calling Everett Golson. LSU's been in contact with a bunch of guys. They they realize the heat's on less miles, and the quarterback position has been uh, non. Uh, it has just not produced very well. And uh, and there's a there's a lot of pressure on Les Miles. I mean, John Chavis left because his big reasoning was because he felt like his his defense was taking on too much of the load because offensively they weren't doing the job. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. I do think if you but if you look at Cam Cameron's track record of developing quarterbacks and Lane Kiffin's, I think that's like comparing a Rolls Royce to a Pinto. Hey, bro, Coach y'all, y'all, how y'all off? <laughs> Let me wow. ask y'all this and shout something about what do y'all think about the two coaches leaving, which I don't know if that's going to really work, affect or not. I know some folks on the other side of the state are making a big deal out of one of them going their way. What do y'all think about that? I'll let Kerry speak on that first. One of these days we're going to get Big C to listen to the first hour of the show so <laughs> don't have to ask us what we talked about for the other 60 minutes. But what we talked about was that uh, – you know, Lance Thompson was asked to leave, and he was asked to look around, and he just made a call. Will Muschamp, and Will knows he's a great recruiter, so come, come on. Kevin Steele's situation a little, a little bit different. Uh, he probably could have stayed if he wanted to, but he risked being reassigned off the field uh, and not being the linebackers' coach anymore. Knowing that, and knowing that he had a chance to be a coordinator uh, and, and get more money in Baton Rouge, he, he made the wise the wise move. So what does that mean for Alabama? Well, it means two things. It means that Tosh Lupoy, who was the Rivals.com Recruiter of the Year at Washington in 2010, 
but was an intern on our staff this past year in Tuscaloosa, helping Lance coach the outside linebacker. He's probably going to move up to that position. And Big C, we think that the other hire, as it stands right now, is either going to be DeShay Townsend, the uh, defensive back coach at Mississippi State, former Alabama player, or it could also be Derek Ansley, the cornerback coach at Kentucky, who's the former Alabama off-the-field coach, who's also coached some at Tennessee. And I didn't know this today, but he's a former Tallahassee high quarterback. So it could be DeShay. And then Bill Clark, the former Prattville, uh, South Alabama, UAB, Jacksonville State coach, his name is also in the mix. If they decide to leave, if they decide to leave Kirby Smart with the safeties, because Bill can coach linebackers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but in, in Big C, I think Tosh Lapoy is a great teacher. I think it's going to be a big upgrade over Lance Thompson overall, who, in my opinion, as I've said in the first hour, can't coach his way out of a sandbox. And uh, I've never really thought he was a very good coach. And uh, whether it was D line or outside linebackers, tight ends, whatever he's coached. But he is a great recruiter, but I think, you know, LaPoy can do both. Uh, DeShay Townsend would be a home run, in my opinion. I also like Bill Clark a lot, um, you know, if that could make that happen. You know, Derek Ainsley did a good job for Alabama when he was here, and he's known as a good recruiter. So I just think overall they needed some new blood on defense, and that's what they got. If Ainsley or DeShay comes in, then that means Kirby be moving to the linebacker coach job. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, that's correct. All right. Well, um, now Deshae Townsend, he's over Mississippi State. Is that correct? Yes, he's coaching the cornerbacks. He called the defensive signals in the Sugar Bowl, or excuse me, in the Orange Bowl, when uh, when obviously uh, Jeff Collins had moved on to Florida. Now they've brought Manny Diaz in to be the defensive coordinator. And uh, I've heard that Deshae's drawing a lot of interest, Big C, from a lot of schools, but. He would be very interested in coming back to his alma mater. Nick Saban tried to hire him when he first retired from the Steelers and uh, the, the Arizona Cardinals. I think he may have finished his career at Arizona. Or, no, excuse me, the Colts. The Colts uh, and tried to hire him then. But he, he coached a, a year or two with the Arizona Cardinals before uh, this past year coming back to Mississippi to coach at Mississippi State. So uh, he's he's uh, he decided to come back to the college level. So, with with him, he's a guy that was a four-year starter at Alabama from 97 to 2000, uh, all SEC, played 14 years in the NFL uh, with two uh, with two organizations, long time with the Steelers. I think he got 12 or 13 years in, won two Super Bowls. So he would have a lot of credibility with the players and uh, could really help, them, uh, help Alabama, hopefully, in the state of Mississippi in recruiting, considering that he already uh, – that he came from the tire man school and he might, might – be able to reach some of these kids instead of letting them have the checks clear. Very slight correction. He played 94 to 97. Was he? Good. Yes. Okay. Uh, he, I'm he came sorry. in with Dwayne. Yeah. Dwayne that's him right. that's 94. Right. You know, Dwayne got the interception for a touchdown. That's in right. Anyway, that's anyway, right. 98 was his rookie year in the NFL. 98 was the okay. year that number two was bequeathed to uh, a fellow named Eric Locke after, oh. uh, after he'd gone from Palmer to the Chase to Eric Locke. Yes. So, anyway, that's, that's, that's My apologies. But something else, Big C, you might be interested right. to know. Uh, the last two years, Deshae's been coaching in Starkville. He's just finished up his second year there. And he's okay. been recruiting the high schools in the state of Alabama for the last two years. So he'd be ready to hit the ground running. And the other thing that we found really interesting, Big C, and we didn't even know this until uh, William Barger told us last hour, Deshae has a daughter who's a freshman in Alabama this year. So that was that might be a factor, too. Yeah. Oh, wow. Very much. Put your no, line on Alabama's radio, Big C. <laughs> What's that now? 
Soon as you find out and learn when you call this show. <laughs> yeah, I found a lot. Y'all educate me. I appreciate it. Drew. Yes, sir. Well, I'm going yes, you, I'm, I'm to text you after I get off the air. You'll know what I'm talking about. Okay. But anyway, uh, I right, don't know really what else to ask y'all. Young, let me ask y'all one other question. Who's, who's Alabama targeting now when they only got maybe two or three scholarships left open? Well, you know, I think they're, they're trying to get an offensive tackle, Big C. Uh, they were in the Drew Richmond sweepstakes until tonight. Uh, that got eliminated via Ole Miss. Uh, for, for you know, it, there's been a death in the family talked about, but there's also, uh, you know, and, and, and another website has reported tonight that he will reschedule his official visit. I'll believe that when I see it. Uh, I think uh, – the tire man got to Drew Richmond. I think you know, there's a lot of people around Memphis University School that want him at Ole Miss. I expect him to stick with Ole Miss. So Alabama's going to try like heck to get Isaiah Prince this weekend from Greenbelt, Maryland. He will visit officially. They're also going to try to get uh, – and if they'll still continue to talk to Chidi Okiki Valentine, who's already visited in the second weekend of December. And he's uh, he's a young man from the state of Georgia near Atlanta. It's from Nigeria that uh, he's only been playing a couple years of organized football that they're very interested in as an offensive tackle. They'd like to get one of those two. And then, obviously, Daylon Charlotte from Patterson, Louisiana, the wide receiver, is coming in this weekend. They'd like to get him back on board. And then they're, they're, and they're still going to be talking to Lawrence Cager. And then our whole night may have been made, our year, months, whatever you want to call it. But if our boy Keith Mixon gets a gray shirt offer and would take that, that would be a uh, from, from uh, Shades Valley High School, that would be like, uh, you know, whipped cream on top of the Sunday, man. That would just be uh, polishing it off. And what a great uh, deal that would be. But that would probably – I didn't ask William this, but that would probably be contingent on them not taking Cager. And Cager will come in this weekend, and he's committed to the University of Miami. He's a slot guy. That might take him anyway. Uh, but anyhow, anything else for us tonight, Big C? No, I'm just glad to be on y'all's show as always. Uh, it's interesting y'all moved to Thursday night. Y'all did this for basketball reasons, or what's the reason or y'all decided to do no, this? It, 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 it's for education reasons. As our producer, the wizard Thomas Watts, continues oh, I got to you. pursue a master's okay. at South Alabama. Okay, I got you now. Okay. Well, that's good. Well, I'm glad y'all still on, and uh, I'll call y'all next week, and I'll be talking to you tomorrow. Uh, Drew, and I'll try to top you over the weekend, Kerry. All right, Big C, man. Roll Tide. Appreciate your call. Roll Tide to y'all, y'all. See ya. All right. That's Colin Big C. McGuire. And uh, Drew will be on his show tomorrow morning. Uh, if you want to get up early enough, it's on from 7 to 8. It's at uh, com. If you want to hear Drew and Big C talk about uh, recruiting, it uh, should be some just some banner questions asked on that show. But uh, anyway... Uh, we're going to go ahead and take our uh, one and only break of the night. We've been going at it for an hour and 18 minutes. It's uh, 18 minutes after the hour. Uh, we'll be back in just a few. You're listening to BAMS Radio, a member of the BAMS Sports Radio family. Take BAMS Sports Radio with you on the go and in your car with the free iPhone app. With cutting-edge features including live broadcasts, on-demand radio, play-pause buttons, and text connect allowing you to text into shows giving True Tide fans an interactive sports radio experience like never before. 
Go to BamaSportsRadio.com or search Bama Sports Radio in the iPhone App Store to get true 24-hour radio on Alabama sports anywhere in the world, only from Bama Sports Radio. Keep up with Bama Sports Radio off the air and on the move for the latest news and programming on all things Alabama. Follow us on Twitter at Bama Sports Radio and like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Bama Sports Radio. Bama Sports Radio, giving you all tide, all the time. Radio. 20 minutes after the hour now. I'm your host, Terry Clark of BamaMag.com, joined as always by Drew DeArmond of Alabama Intel.com and Thomas Watts of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Final from the Old Dome, uh, Eddie and the Munsters have defeated Brucey and the Sweat Hogs 75-55, Florida over Auburn SEC basketball. Uh, so there's that. And it was so cool to hear the uh, Eli call of the Marcel Darius touchdown against the Texas Longhorns because it made me harken back to a night uh, eight or nine years ago when I was covering a game in Pell City, Alabama. I uh, went to write that night about a guy named Christian Smith. He was younger brother of Andre, and Alabama was considering offering him as a wide receiver. It ended up not happening. And I noticed the guy get five sacks in the first half for Huffman, and I thought, maybe I should write about this Marcel Darius guy. And other than Ron Ingram, who has since moved on to Montgomery or the AHSAA, I can honestly say, Drew Jarman, that I was the second person ever to write anything about Marcel Darius. Well, Kerry, I think Drew's still away, but I wanted to jump on your point. Every time I hear the uh, call of the T.J. Yeldon screen, uh, it's special to me because I was in the stadium, and I have never heard 90,000 drunk people who's, collective brain mass you could fit in a thimble get quieter quicker when that happened and the smell of corn dogs wafted out into the baton rouge evening <laughs> because when they sweat that's what they smell like and that's how they got the nickname the corn dogs and i rarely ever give credit to auburn for anything but auburn did come up with that nickname uh actually back in the 90s uh when some of their fans had gone to baton rouge and, and, and got a whiff of the uh the sweaty uh fans of the LSU Tigers and noticed that, hey, that kind of smells like a corn dog. So that's how they got the nickname. And, um, you know, I think about them every time I eat a corn dog to this day. And uh, when, the money, when the money's running low, 
you know, just went by Walmart and buy a pack of them uh, State Fair corn dogs and good to go. Drew, you back yet? Well, I guess he's doing the number two. All right. So uh, <laughs> he expected a longer break than we gave him. Speaking of Eric Ott, Deshae Townsend, and David Palmer, ladies and gentlemen, Drew the Armand. Yes. <laughs> doing the number two while we're on break. But he's back now. No, <laughs> no, roll tide. Bruce. No, roll tide. <laughs> no, nothing along, nothing along those lines. Just uh, trying to uh, get a, get a couple things taken care of. Had a uh, had an unfortunate uh, happening last week of the refrigerator dying. Uh, so got another refrigerator outside. Got a little bit of a further jaunt to have to go out into the garage to get some nice refreshment. But uh, yeah, who's the one that died out of there? Well. Uh, well, I, that that's going to be. Well, I think we're looking at trying to get it repaired, but uh, we will see. So, as of now, we're lucky to at least have another option. Oh, it's so, good to have a backup plan. Yes, it is. But I, uh, first of all, I want to can I want to thank Carrie in the last our first hour and twenty minutes for correcting my bonehead uh, deal with Deshay Townsend. Should have remembered that his senior year was, in fact, the uh, four and seven uh, debacle of a uh, uh, nineteen ninety seven season, but. He still did have a very long and productive pro career, and uh, I'll never get forgive my dad for telling me back in those days, Kerry, the, the recruiting magazines or what everybody read. There wasn't much internet, and uh, he was Deshay when we took him was a best of the rest, Forrest Davis, and I'll never forget my dad telling me, "Why are we taking best of the rest prospects? Aren't we trying to be a great football team?" You know, talking about there not being an internet, uh, and I know this is before uh, before Thomas's time, and not quite before your time, Drew, but because you'll know what I'm talking about. But that before there there really was, you know, the internet, which got really going strong on recruiting in '96, uh, late '96 and early '97. '97, the Chris Ryer, Travis Carroll signing class. Uh, we would <laughs> there was an AM station, and it's still around in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, 1510. And you know where I'm going with this, Drew. We were in Atlanta. We were so into it. There was this radio you could buy that would pick it up really good, and it was Bill King, and Bill would be on there talking about recruiting. And uh, you know, I'll, I'll never forget, you know, he was he was all convinced that, you know, Alabama had no shot at Dwayne Rudd, and all that, which we didn't really think we did. And then there was a 900 number. There were several of them. But there was one in particular you could call, and the guy that read it is still a Memphis sports talk guy, Jeff, Jeff Weinberger. And yeah. he was the first person that I ever heard say Alabama's going to get Dwayne Wood. And he was right. Weinberger has me on his show once a year up in Memphis these days. He used to call me, Thomas. And uh, I don't know, a couple times I couldn't do it, he just quit calling. Uh, uh, I, I do know who he is. And, I've uh, stolen your spot or some such. I don't uh, know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah I, I, used to, I think I used to get twice a year. But uh, – you know, a couple times I couldn't do it, so I quit calling, but I don't really care. Anyway, uh, I see Jeff every now and then, SEC tournament, basketball, whatever. Uh, but that, that was, you know, you call Jeff's 900 number. There was a number you could call and listen to a, a recording that Cecil Hurt did for the T-News, and we'd, we'd do that to get info. Uh, you know, Kirk McNair had a 900 number you could call. Uh, and, and, Kirby. We went out and bought this uh, – Oh, yeah. Yeah, Freddie Kirby for sure. And Freddie's newsletter that he and Bruce Paris had. Uh, Recruiting's come a long way since, from the mid-'90s till now. I remember being there in person, uh, Drew, uh, because, you know, Bruce Paris had followed Sean Alexander's recruitment all the way through, and they knew each other very well on the phone. And I remember being there in practice at, at, 
back when practice was open to anybody, uh, yeah. when Bruce actually met Sean in person and they hugged and all that, you know, like he fought his uh, recruiting so much. And so anyway, we, we, we've definitely come up. We probably should have waited until Rodney came on because, uh, you know, he, he helped put some of these guys we just mentioned out of business. <laughs> well, <laughs> as far as recruiting goes. Well, and for Rodney, you got to give him credit. He's been around 20 years, so he's uh, yeah. he's, he's seen a lot of this, and he's seen the re- how recruiting's changed. And he and I have had conversations about this, and unfortunately, recruiting has changed for the worse. A lot of it. Uh, yeah. and, That's you a good trivia question, though. You know, Shea Townsend, Dwayne Rudd, Tony Johnson, and uh, Justin Woodall. <laughs> what do they have in common? I wanted to ask William that and see if he'd get it, but uh, <laughs> only four well, people Alabama's well, ever beaten the tire man for. And I don't well, even know if he pushed that hard for the shade, but he probably did. Well, I, I've heard that they really that they were somebody that I think they were recruiting Dwayne and found the shade, and I think that was probably about how that happened. Well, you that know, I like smart since they were teammates and baked for what twenty minutes from Oxford. And you can argue, and Dwayne Rudd was great, guys, but you can argue that the shade had a better career. Uh, yeah, I think because he stayed the extra year. But well, and I'm just saying Dwayne, in the NFL. In the oh, NFL. in the NFL, he did. He did. Yes. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I mean Dwayne Dwayne Rudd's NFL career was slightly, was good. Better, slightly better than David Palmer's, but, but not I mean, as good as Deshae Townsend's. Yeah, Deshae had a really good career. He had a longer career than Antonio Langham. A lot of those guys, and you know, uh, Antonio's always going to be the goat to me. But you know, uh, you know, Deshae Townsend. Yeah, he had a he had a great career, and I mean, one of the more underrated ones. He, they don't think about him a lot, and it'd be a neat thing if he did get to come back to the University of Alabama. It'd be really neat, you know, because when he played for Alabama, uh, he didn't get any kind of ring or anything, but he, you know, he got up two with Steelers. Right. It'd be neat if he came back to Alabama as a coach and won a college national championship ring that way. That'd be a cool story. Oh yeah, no doubt just, about it. Just my opinion, but. Yes. Hopefully it'll happen. I mean, I'd love to see Deshae come back. Uh, I just hope Deshae remembers that it's okay to teach DBs to turn their head when the ball's in there. Well, he he he, uh, he played for one of the best DB uh, tutors of all time, Kerry, for who, at least early in his Alabama career. He did play for Brother Oliver, so he uh, so yeah, cool. Brother taught that. Yes, he did. He did. He did teach it. So that was good. Uh, but yeah, we are. Uh, actually going to be joined by Rodney Orr of TylerInsider.com in, in just a couple of minutes. Uh, but before we join him, I wanted to share one quick thing. Uh, I got a chance today at lunch, Drew, to hear a talk and see a presentation of slideshow, virtual, video type thing of uh, the renderings of the new Alabama baseball stadium that will be put into play next season. They're going to play for Hoover Met this year. And I got to hear a nice talk by uh, Mitch Gaspard about, you know, some of the personnel this year, uh, some of the position battles, uh, and even the fact that they're going to get the Hoover Met a little more crimson. They're going to paint the tops of the dugouts and put a bunch of banners up uh, about Alabama, Alabama baseball, and things like that. But when you see the the renderings and and the things that are going to be present for the new stadium as compared to the one they just tore down, it's going to, based on some check marks and some comparisons to some other SEC schools, it's going to take Alabama from, like, 13th in the conference in baseball facilities to, to first or tied to first. Well, I, 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 I know it's long overdue, 
And uh, but to see it like that on, on a big screen was was really kind of exciting for me. Well, and I, I I wish I could have been there. That sounds awesome. And I did watch the coverage of the, the opening of the indoor facility. Uh, the hitting facility, yeah. The in, yeah, and pit facility. They it's had a really bunch of come back. Yeah, it's basically just an indoor practice field because you can pitch. Also, you can right, hit. That's right. I mean, it, it, it's tremendous. Uh, it looked awesome. Uh, I did put out a, a a very to the point tweet this afternoon. It's put up or shut up time for Alabama baseball. Well, they and, and and I know, and I'm just putting it on. I've always liked Coach Gaspard. I've not always liked the results. But, I mean, it's time for them to produce. They're going to have all the tools they need. And I've always raised Kane about them needing better tools. Everybody knows that. And I'm, I'm, I was ecstatic to look at what I saw on video of the uh, indoor facility, practice facility, and then, uh, and then and listening to Coach Battle and Coach Gaspard speak. But uh, and I'm just going to – I will say this. I, and come hell or high water, I will be there the first game in the new stadium. Oh, yeah. I, I have to be there. My one, I went, I, I've been to hundreds over there, but come hell or high water, I will be at the first one. Well, that's good. Uh, I, I, I hope covering it. We, yeah, man. But anyway, <laughs> I, we want you to uh, go ahead and take a, a minute to text Rodney because Thomas can't get him, and I, we're not sure he's aware that, that, that it's supposed to be 830. So. Uh, anyway, go ahead and shoot Rodney a text, and Thomas and me will, oh, we got him, never mind. All right, well, without further ado, uh, we want to bring on our next guest, uh, the founder and the owner of TitleInsider.com, uh, going strong for 19 years now, Mr. Rodney Orr. Uh, what is going on tonight, my friend? Been busy? <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I, I must have missed your first call, so I apologize for that. Uh, but uh, I'm here now. Well, Rodney, I, we really appreciate you coming on. And uh, I wanted to ask you real quick, because I've got a couple of messages since we've been on the air, and I know you're monitoring this weekend coming up very closely. You know, we spoke earlier today, but I kind of update our listeners. This, this, it, I hate to use this term, but it sounds like this recruiting weekend has turned into a fluid situation. Uh, I, we're hearing that Drew Richmond has canceled his visit. Now I've heard just a minute ago that Isaiah Prince may have canceled his. Do you have any information on that? Well, if he canceled his visit, hold on just a second here. I'm going to give you a look. You want some scoop? I'll give you some scoop. Yeah, go ahead. Just, we love scoop. Just give me just a second. Just <laughs> you don't have to be ice cream. Can be uh, t- tell me who told you Isaiah Prince canceled his visit. Uh, a friend just sent me a text, and I just asked, I asked I asked a friend, where did he see that? Because I have not seen. That is the first I've heard of that. All right, here you go. This is at 747, which is what, about uh, 45 minutes ago? Isaiah Prince Correct. told me he would. He Isaiah Prince told me at 7:47 he was leaving in the morning for his visit to Alabama. So, unless something okay, well, then somebody, in the last somebody. 45 minutes. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, thank you. You know yeah, what happened? Might have come off one of their networks. You know, they're trying to generate all those sub subscribers. So, yeah, I tell you what happened. One of, one of Drew's friends heard that Drew Richmond canceled his visit and somehow it got transposed into objects. <laughs> because, you know, all yeah. the tackles are alike. Yeah. Well, you know, now, Drew Richmond, that's a different story. I, I don't, you know, I mean, maybe he visits at some point. I don't know. But, uh, you know, I think talking to the Ole Miss people that are really close to Ole Miss, a couple of weeks ago they were really, really concerned about him and his renewed interest in Alabama. But I just – 
tell you guys based on uh, what I've been told the last three or four days, and I posted on Titer Insider to you know people not get their hopes up on Drew Richmond because Ole Miss felt really strong about him. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they're they're much more confident now than they were say ten days ago. Right, and I'm not surprised. And you know, as we had William Barger on Rodney just uh, about thirty minutes ago, and he he said that Alabama needed one of the two tackles. And he said, Isaiah Prince or Chidi Okiki Valentine. He said, I'm not even mentioning Richmond again for obvious reasons. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I think that's I fair said. enough. But, you know, Alabama does yes. want to get one of those offensive tackles for sure. Right. And and I and I, I wanted you to, to – to, I know you're. this is a prospect. You know Coach Saban's very high on. I know you are as well. And I love his film. But I just don't – I know he's – now, to be honest, I'm still surprised he's coming on his visit because of the Damian Harris situation. But – Kind of talk about your insight into Johnny Frazier because there doesn't seem to be a spot there for him, but yet they still like him enough to bring him in on this visit. Do you think anything could happen in that situation? Well, I mean, anything, you know, there's three weeks to signing day and a lot of things happen. You never know. And I think, you know, the one thing about Nick Saban is he he covers every base. And, uh, you know, so you bring Johnny Frazier in, you never know when you might have an opening. I mean, he's a tremendous running back. He's a great running back prospect, probably as you know, good as anybody in the country or close to it. And uh, so, you know, you really don't want to not bring in a guy uh, when you can bring him in and he's really high on your program because, I mean, again, what if, what if there is a spot that opens up that you have? And, uh, you know, you certainly want to have a guy there to, I don't want to say fall back on, because, but that you you have an opportunity to take because Johnny Frazier's not a fallback type player. Don't get me wrong. So I uh, want to be clear about that. But, uh, you know, so I understand why you bring him in. Sure. I wanted to ask you, Rodney, uh, in regards to the tight end situation, despite the fact that uh, Jim Harbaugh has apparently hired his father, Tyrone Wheaton Jr. is going to make a visit to Tuscaloosa. Does Alabama have a realistic shot? Um, now, uh, say that again. I'm sorry, I missed that. The question was, does Alabama have a legitimate shot at Tyrone Wheatley Jr.? Oh, Tyrone Wheatley Jr. Well, here's the deal. Uh, I, you know, everybody has gone out there, went out there, and said he was a shoe-in from Michigan. I'm going to tell you, I don't know. He was not a shoe-in from Michigan by any stretch. I I assure you of that. I assure you of that, that he was not a shoe-in from Michigan um, until, you know, Jim Harbaugh was hired and now his dad's on the staff. I still don't know that he's a shoe-in from Michigan. But uh, I would say that Alabama and, you know, UCLA, USC, and Oregon were his top four. You know, and I think Michigan was in there too. But I think those were his top four. And then, you know, now with the, the changes in the coaching staff up there at Michigan, I, I really don't know that, uh, you know, what how that situation stands right now. He may be, you know, he may follow his dad to Michigan at this point. But, you know, I can tell you at one point there was not uh, – it was far from what people were reporting that he was locked up for Michigan before the, you know, the changes on their staff. Yeah, and, and Rodney, matter of fact, I, I, matter of fact guys, I, oh, matter of fact, I tell you this, I just, I just gonna give it to you straight. I don't really think he was going to Michigan, and now he, okay. you know, that may have changed, but from what I, what the indications I got, he was not going to Michigan. Now, again, I'll be clear that that may change. It may have changed as of now. 
you know, with the changes they've had in their, their coaching staff. Well, and uh, and and I, 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 this is uh, his recruitment is one. Did he did he visit last A day or has he visited at, at Alabama at one time or another? You know what? Um, I, I'm not really sure that I don't think he's ever been down here. Um, you know, when I talked to his coach, I, 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 right? Go ahead. You talked to his coach, Coach Robinson. I was just wondering because I I swear the only reason I asked that question is because. Last A day, I thought I saw him in Tuscaloosa. Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't quite make it out on the name tag, but someone that looked a lot, a lot like him, same height in that situation. But obviously, I guess that wasn't the young man. Uh, I was, that's why I was wondering if this would be his first visit to campus. I guess there's a chance they could wow him. I think he's intriguing Rodney because he could be a tight end, an inline tight end that they've been looking for. I would really like them to be able to pull Tyrone Wheatley uh, Jr., but. My only question is, you know, with the scholarships being what they are, would they have? I guess they would. Would he be someone they would make room for? I guess is my question. Well, you know, again, I, you look at the situation with, uh, you know, their, their scholarships right now, and uh, it's it's really it's tight. I mean, you know, they're they're really tight. They're low on numbers, and I, you know, there's a lot of guys. We mentioned Johnny Frazier. Certainly, tight end would be a need with a. Uh, you know, a guy like possibly Wheatley, but but hey, also now I now I don't I don't know what they're going to do with Anthony Jennings. I don't know if he he certainly could play tight end. You know, if he's good enough on defense, you'd always you always need defensive linemen. But uh, you know, we'll see. He could he could play tight end though. But uh, no, I I just really don't know what they're you know at this point if they'll have a number a spot for for Wheatley or you know, exactly who they will have a spot for because we know the priority is offensive tackle and, and wide receiver. After that, I, I'm not really sure. Now, again, if Byron Cowart were to say, hey, I want to come, you know, they'd open up a spot for him, I'm sure. Uh, you know, oh, C. C. no Jefferson, doubt. Pro- probable C.C. Jefferson in the same boat. You know, you don't turn those guys down. But, again, I, I know people have been, you know, saying today all of a sudden that Alabama's back in it with Cowart and all this stuff and, He's coming on an unofficial visit. But like I posted on com, you know, sometimes you have to look at what a guy's doing. And, and you know, he's, he's supposedly had three previous times he was going to come on an unofficial visit. Uh, I'm sorry, two previous times he didn't show up. So, you know, maybe he comes this time. He has made an official visit to Alabama. For, I think it was for the Texas A&M game. But, uh, you know, if he shows up for an unofficial visit, well, that's a good sign. I mean, it's, I mean, it's a good – at least it's a good opportunity for Alabama to maybe make uh, make a run at it. Rodney, turning to uh, Todd just a little bit, uh, pun intended, how do you <laughs> handicap the uh, openings that are currently existing on the staff and who you think might fill them? Well, you know, I, I don't know about handicapping them, but I'll say this, I think – you know, from what I hear, Tosh Lapoy is a you know serious candidate for. Or he may already be on the staff. I think, you know, word is that uh, you know maybe some people have, are, are talking about that he'll take Lance's spot. You know, he worked. You know, he followed Lance around at practice some, you know, through the season. So, you know, he could certainly fill that role as a you know outside linebackers coach, perhaps. Um, you know, I think it would probably be a pretty good hire. I know he's really respected as a coach and that's greatly respected as a recruiter. There's no question about that, you know, the things that he did at Washington. So I think he's one guy that 
you know, is probably a legitimate candidate. I think Deshae Townsend's been a legitimate candidate. I think, you know, I think he's talked to Alabama. You know, he's got other offers, though, now. Uh, he's got, you know, some NFL teams after him talking to him and uh, some other schools as well. His daughter's a freshman in school at Alabama. So, you know, maybe he'd like to, wouldn't mind being in Tuscaloosa. But, you know, again, you know, certainly he has his ties from his playing days and, you know, loves his alma mater. So, you know, that's that's certainly a guy to watch. And, you know, Coach Saban, you know, told us one time about his process of uh, – told some of the writers when we were having a kind of a sit-down with him that his process of how he likes to go about, you know, hiring a staff and the way he's done things in the past is he likes to bring in guys and put them in GA roles and kind of train them the way the systems run and, you know, see how they respond and, you know, how they grow here – and then eventually, you know, help them go off somewhere else and develop and get some experience, you know, and then he watches them and how they, they, they progress at other places. And then he likes to call them back someday and, you know, maybe join his staff. And one guy he mentioned specifically, and he rarely does this, but, you know, he generally doesn't mention anybody specifically, but one guy he mentioned that, you know, he kind of was fond of and had his eye, would continue to keep his eye on is Derek Ainsley, who's now at Kentucky. So, I mean, is this now an opportunity where, you know, maybe Derek Ainsley gets an offer to join the Alabama staff? I don't know. But certainly I can tell you that Nick Saban seemed to express a lot of uh, fondness for, you know, Ainsley a couple of years ago when he was telling us about his process of, you know, how he likes to go about uh, developing assistant coaches. Yeah, that's some great stuff, Rodney. I I agree. I mean, I think – of those, you know, three those three guys you just talked about, and then obviously a little bit of Bill Clark. I think the 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 two new coaches will probably come out of that group. Um, we've uh, and what is your take? Do you do you foresee any other movement on the staff? Uh, you know, I still you know you still hear stuff about Billy Napier. We've talked about that earlier on the show. But are, what are you hearing? Do you think there will be any more attrition? Uh, well, I mean, you know, I, I really haven't heard anything definite. Uh, to be honest with you, and I really hate to speculate, you know, at least publicly, um, on a guy losing his job or maybe moving on when when he's, you know, not it's not anything that is apparent. So uh, I really don't know, to be honest with you guys. Uh, you know, there's been rumors out there certainly, and uh, but I, I haven't heard any more than than probably what you have. Okay. Uh, understand, uh, and and I think that's probably the best way to handle it. Um, and I think, but I think uh, if, uh, if I'm actually pretty excited, I think the new blood on defense is going to do them some good. Uh, and what do you think as far as uh, the recruiting class? I mean, obviously it's down the stretch, as we've already stated. There's only a couple of spots left. Do you uh, foresee uh, them take? How many? I guess. You, they, if they have about two spots left, you really are you uh, all on the same boat that right now the priorities are probably offensive tackle and wide receiver, and then maybe there could be some other uh, additions as far as depending on who wants to come? Yeah, I think that's fair enough to say. I mean, it seems like from what I've heard that they, um, you know, the priority is offensive tackle. We talked about Isaiah Prince. We talked about Drew Richmond. You know, he probably seems locked up for um, or Ole Miss. And uh, as far as Prince, I know there's been talk about Maryland, Ohio State. Uh, I have not heard anything on Prince if he's narrowed it down any at all. But I know, uh, 
that, like I told you earlier, he, he text messaged me and told me he would be here. Leave, he's leaving uh, home in the morning to fly down to, to Tuscaloosa. And then, um, let's see, the the Cheeky, well, how do you say his name? Cheaty Valentine Okiki. Is that right? Or Okiki Valentine. Yeah, I don't really know the order. It's one of the uh, yeah, I don't. I, I don't know the order either. I just usually call him CVO. Um, <laughs> but uh, I know he's got a lot of potential. And I heard he did really well at the, what was he, in the Army game? Yes, but, correct. Yeah, he did really well in those those practices for that game. And, uh, you know, I think he's got a lot of potential. I know he reclassified from 2016 to this year. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, academically everything will be clear. And if it is, then, then somebody's going to get a really good player. Then at wide receiver, guys, I, at wide receiver, there's just so many guys, you know, that I know that are out there. Uh, there's, you know, obviously Ryan Davis is a guy I think they're trying to get to visit from down in at Florida. There's, And I don't know if they're still working on Ray Ray McLeod or not in Tampa, who's committed to Clemson. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, we've talked about Lawrence Cager before, big receiver out of Maryland who's committed to Miami and Really, I think if Alabama had a spot, he would have probably committed to them uh, in that All-American game. He's supposed to be here on his visit this weekend. And, of course, now Auburn with Lance Thompson, who recruited him for Alabama, has jumped in the mix. So, you know, it'll be interesting to watch that one. And, you know, but, again, I think – and, and I think Charlotte, uh, Daylon Charlotte, I'm not considering him – actually, I'm not considering him as one of the wide receivers because I think, really, if, if he commits, he's got his spot. You know, I think his spot right. be secure because it, 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 he would be basically recommitting. So, um, I think his spot's secure, and he visits this week. I think so. Yes, he does. That's correct. Rodney, uh, is it? We already have come to the realization that that TD Moten is not going to be part of this class. I think that's self-evident now. But right. what what's the status right now with Montreal Custis? Other than knowing he's visiting Kentucky this weekend, I don't know if he's actually set up a visit. Has he set up his visit for Florida yet? Supposedly he's going to set up a visit for Florida. Uh, he's supposed to. Uh, he told what us, I've heard, Rodney. I, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, he told us he's visiting Kentucky this weekend. He's visiting Alabama mm-hmm. next weekend. Uh, now I don't oh, know okay, if he's okay. going to visit Kentucky. I don't know if he's going to visit Florida the following weekend. I, you know, there could have been changes because there's one thing for sure. The way recruiting is now, it's it's constantly <laughs> changing. So, no, we'll yeah, see. absolutely. I, I I have heard that he may have a visit set up for Florida the thirtieth, but I have not confirmed that with Montreal. Uh, I, you know, that may be contingent on what he hears on this Alabama visit, Rodney. That you know, as you what you talked about the up and downs and the changes and all that kind of good stuff. But I mean, it is interesting though that I. I believe is his, I believe his lead recruiter for Kentucky is Derek Angley, is it not? Uh, may well be, may well be. I'm not really sure who's who recruited him for Kentucky. You know, he's originally committed to Kentucky. Um, yeah, that's but, correct. Yeah, he was originally. I think right now Alabama has eight guys on the commitment list who were originally committed to other schools or who had flipped from another school. Mm-hmm. And uh, then they've got a couple other guys, I guess, that had been committed to Alabama. Um, uh, Ledbetter being one of those. Uh, seems like there's another one I'm forgetting. 
maybe even two more, that were once committed to Alabama and, and kind of switched to somebody else. I think Moten is going to eventually – he'll either end up in a junior college or signing with Texas A&M probably is my guess. Uh, I don't think he's signing with Alabama, as, as you mentioned, Kerry. So that's going to be about 10 or 11 guys that were that were committed to one school or another, multiple schools, okay? So I said before last year this time that, that this year would be like the year, you know, there's going to be more and more. We're going to see more and more flips. Well, you're talking about almost 50% of Alabama's probably commitment list will have, will have you know, been committed at one point to multiple schools. Yeah, I mean, Leo not, Lewis not is at another one, one time, obviously not at one time, but they've been previously committed right. to other schools. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, and, and Leo Lewis is one that's stoned. I mean, he's one that yeah, Alabama Leo really Lewis, that's wanted, another but... one. That's certainly that's certainly another one that, uh, along with uh, uh, the other kid I mentioned, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, yep. he led better. Rodney, uh, yeah, led better. We had him on bands. He didn't last long after that. Uh, <laughs> Leo Lewis. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Rodney, it doesn't seem like, and, and I know it's because of the whole reclassification thing and the fact that spots are, are tight, but it doesn't seem like Alabama's going above and beyond like some other schools are when it comes to uh, recruiting Prince Tega out of Wetumpka. What's your take on that situation? You know, I, I, I meant to call. I, I didn't. I wanted to call Coach Carr today to find out. I heard Alabama was there. Um, you guys may have heard more on it tonight. I mean, I'm trying to chase so many different things that are, you have to try to prioritize. We heard Terry Stevenson there. I'm sorry. Yes, we heard Terry Stevenson there. They sent Terry oh, okay. Stevenson Kerry, yeah, over Kerry there. Yeah, Terry Stevenson. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what. That's the story I remember hearing. Uh, so. You know, I mean, I don't know. He reclassified this week, or he's going in the process of doing that from 2016 to 15, and I think it really kind of hurt Alabama with him in a way because, you know, Coach Carr told me when I talked to him the other day that, you know, Alabama was set to offer him when he came in for junior day, what, next weekend? Is that when it is, I think? And um, Yeah. Whatever it is, think, this, yeah. this upcoming February, junior yeah. day. He's, yeah. And Coach Carr said he was expecting, you know, the offer to come. And when he sat down with Coach Saban and met with Coach Saban. So, uh, you know, but now here Alabama's in a numbers game. You've got so many guys still out there. You, you've got some priorities, and all of a sudden he reclassifies. So it kind of puts you in behind the eight ball. So it may be an advantage to someone else. I don't know if it's an advantage to Auburn or, or who, but uh, it could be an advantage to another school that, that, that maybe has a little more leeway in terms of uh, scholarship openings right now. And, Rob, a big part of your job is uh, not, not just covering recruiting, but covering the team. So uh, it certainly kept your board rolling today with the uh, finally got an official confirmation from the University of Alabama on uh, the return of Darren Reed and the return of, of Reggie Ragland. Just talk about, you know, how big that is for the Alabama defense for next year. Huge. I mean, you know, you're talking about a guy, you know, you can never have enough defensive linemen, especially guys 300-plus pounds like Jaron Breed who can, you know, dominate at the line of scrimmage. And, you know, you've got Ashawn coming back. You've got Jaron Reed back. You've got Jonathan Taylor coming in, who who they think can be a, a, a just as dominant kind of player. Um, you know, and you've got all Jonathan Allen, um, you know, DJ Petway. Uh, Josh Frazier's a young guy to keep an eye on. 
that I, they, they think's got Sean a ton Hand. of potential. That Deshaun Hands, another guy that's a, you know they're extremely high on. So uh, you know, again, I, th- I, you know, I do think next year they're going to really have to load up on defensive linemen because they're probably going to lose several. Uh, you know, they, they potentially could lose uh, you know Jonathan Allen. They could potentially lose Ashawn Robinson. They certainly would lose Jaron Reed. And you know, heck, you know Jonathan Taylor. You never know; it could be a one and done guy. So uh, you hope not, but that's always that possibility. But I think next year they're really going to have to reload on defensive linemen. I mean, they're probably going to have to go JUCO, and we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, I know. But you know, just looking forward, I think next year that'll be one of the priorities in recruiting. Yeah, absolutely, Rod. Right. You, you want to talk about Raglan too? Um, you know, I yeah, think absolutely. that was obviously Talk about Raglan. Yeah, he, huge key. Huge. You know, he had a great year this year. Uh, I think it's good for Reggie to come back and continue to develop. And, you know, I think that, uh, you know, he maybe could improve his stock a little bit. Uh, but I just think it's a really good thing for him to get back and certainly very, very good for Alabama because, you know, he, he's got all-American type potential. And, you know, they're, they're, they're low on inside linebackers, especially with experience. But, you know, you start looking at that position and, you know, you start looking at guys like Sean Dion Hamilton. Now I may miss somebody, okay, but Sean Dion Hamilton, uh, I, I think a guy that I really think you should watch as, as we move forward is, is Keith Holcomb. Be interested to see how he right. does this spring. Um, but there certainly needs some help inside. And, you know, you got a true freshman coming in that's probably going to play inside, uh, Adonis Thomas. So, uh, you know, we'll see how it all kind of shakes out. Yeah, we really will. Well, Rodney, man, we appreciate you coming on with us tonight. Uh, it's been a quick, another almost 30 minutes for you. I know you're, as you said, you've been chasing a lot of info and always on tighter insider. It's a busy time of year, a lot of leads to chase, and especially with a recruiting weekend coming up. But we always appreciate you being on. We look forward to having you on again in the future, man. Okay, Kerry uh, and uh, Drew, I do appreciate it, guys. Y'all take care. Thank you, Rodney. Rodney Orr, TylerInsider.com. Listen to the show. Always brings good information. And uh, this is not related to the University of Alabama, but just for sports fans in general, uh, it's been reported that Muhammad Ali is in the hospital after he was found unresponsive uh, in his bed at home. So, prayers go out to that, that great boxer of all time and his family. And speaking of great boxing, Drew, uh, Deontay Wilder of Tuscaloosa, Alabama, who once did a drop commending Bam's radio that Bird somehow managed to lose, uh, is going to um, <laughs> is going to fight for the heavyweight championship uh, out in Vegas on Saturday night on Showtime. So uh, wow. while the University of Alabama football team d- didn't bring home the, the hardware uh, this month, uh, there may yet be a championship for the city of Tuscaloosa. Uh, and I happen to know his trainer, J.D., so, his brother Tommy is the executive sports editor of the team news. So uh, a big BAMS radio good luck to Deontay Wilder as he uh, goes for his first heavyweight championship Saturday night. Yeah, that's awesome stuff. He's been he's done a great job ever since, you know, being in the Olympics. And, you know, Deontay Wilder, you know, he's he's been a great story and a great ambassador for the state of Alabama. And I also want to give a shout-out to a guy that's helped me a lot on – on my website at Alabama Intel, Jamie Barnes, he's been listening tonight uh, to to our show, and uh, I think he's even been answering some questions in the chat room from some of the <laughs> listeners. So, uh, and I and I wanted to tell you, Kerry, I know you said uh, you thought you had you saw him in, in at the Sugar Bowl. He did not attend the Sugar Bowl. 
So you must have seen his twin. I did something. But I, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Whoever you are, but I did. <laughs> I, was, but, uh, I was sick as hell, and this guy, I, I mean, I was, my nose was running, I was sneezing, I was grabbing napkins from the concession stand, and some guy that I thought was Jamie screams out, Kerry uh, Clark, AlabamaIntel.com. Well, first of all, my, my primary employer is Ballot Magazine. But anyway, I looked at the guy, and he looked at me, and he wanted to give me a high five, and I my hands like full of spot, and I'm like, Nah, and I just walked away like I was denying who I was. I'm glad to hear it wasn't Jamie Barnes, but I have a a funny feeling it it, it might have been one of his friends that was at that yeah, late night field tape that night while we were watching Tennessee play Missouri at that RV <laughs> on the Alabama softball field at like midnight one night. <laughs> yeah. I think it might have been one of those guys. I'm sorry, Jamie, whoever it was, uh, I was feeling terrible. Please accept my apologies in real time. Yeah, absolutely. I don't want, I'm glad it wasn't Jamie Barnes, but whoever it was, I guess. I'm sorry. I think it was one of his friends. <laughs> absolutely, man. It's, it's unbelievable. It's C.C. Bama. That was the – I've been sick from being in New Orleans all week, C.C. Bama. But anyway. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, roll tide anyway. But, uh, yeah, so I guess, Kerry, you know, it's about time to wrap up another BAMS radio. Yet again, it's been a quick two hours, but we had some well, great – It was a good two hours, though. It was. Yeah, from, William Redfish Barger and Rodney Orr, as always. And next yeah. week, we're going to be able to recap a big recruiting weekend. And uh, we may, or if we get a, if we get a commitment out of there, we may end up having another guest on, uh, you know, BAMS Radio. We will see. But uh, again, we uh, we appreciate all the listeners uh, uh, hanging with us now that we've got a new uh, time and day, uh, yeah. seven to nine every Thursday. So. <laughs> And now, yes, Central Time, and we'll be able to also recap a lot of SEC basketball. Alabama's still, you know, off to a nice start, uh, you know, a 12-4 and record, 2-1 and in the SEC. So, And they've got a huge game Saturday. In, in, in a, some, uh, yeah, I definitely think some of the football recruits will be front and center there. And also a couple of other quick, very quick notes. Uh, congratulations to Coach Dana Dubransky on winning her debut right. as coach of the Princeton Tide Gymnastics Program over Arizona last Friday. They traveled to uh, – Arkansas this week to try to go 2-0. and They're currently ranked number six in America. And I think my wife and I are going to do something that we've never done before. Uh, we're going to try to go see the Alabama hockey team play Auburn this weekend. Uh, nice. they, ha- they have 8 o'clock tomorrow night, 7 o'clock Saturday. Of course, I'm sure Grant will make sure I don't get there in time for that with his uh, long post-game wait. He puts the media through. And then they have uh, uh, 2 o'clock Sunday. And uh, on the Saturday game, at the, and this, these games are played at the Pelham Civic Center on the ice rink there. At the yes. Saturday game, which is scheduled to uh, for, with face-off at 7 p.m., the national anthem Saturday night in Pelham at the Alabama-Auburn hockey game will be sung by none other than former American Idol contestant and the pride of slap-out Alabama, Jessica Muse. So come on out if you're anywhere around Pelham Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Alabama-Auburn hockey, uh, Coach Quinterville, Coach Hughes, they call him, uh, uh, who heads up the Alabama program, has never lost to Auburn. And that's not expected to change in these three games this weekend. So going to try to probably check out the 8 o'clock game tomorrow night. So uh, shout-out to Alabama Frozen Tide uh, and uh, the Alabama women's gymnastics team, the men's basketball and uh, women's basketball, although they're in kind of a slump. But anyway, we're going to kind of close it out right now. So uh, for Thomas Watts of Touchdown Alabama Magazine, or Drew DeArmond of AlabamaIntel.com. I'm Kerry Clark with BamaMag.com saying good night, everyone. You've been listening to BAMS Radio, a member of the Bama Sports Radio family, where you can hear our podcast 
Good night and roll tide. Roll tide. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.